Welcome into this Five Clubs conversation, the final major championship of the year in the men's game, the oldest major championship, a full preview, Ricky, Rory, who needs to salvage their year and the implications on the Ryder Cup with Brendan Young, Johnson Wagner, who had played in the oldest major championship. That is next. Today's Five Clubs conversation is brought to you by Golf Pride. Golf Pride knows that a grip isn't only a grip. It's the one piece of equipment in your hands on every single shot. You might not know it, but it has a huge impact on your game. In fact, Golf Pride recently conducted a first-of-its-kind study showing the impact of worn versus new grips. It showed that on average, a focused group of adept golfers gained an extra two yards of carry when they played with new grips. So what are you waiting for? Refresh your grips. Refresh your game. Visit GolfPride.com today to learn more. Golf Pride. Respect the grip. And with that, we welcome you in. Boys, good to see you. You too, Gary. I would have worn my five clubs hat, but you would have been jealous because you don't have any yet. We just got them. <laughs> I need to get. Do they have a rope on them? Uh, not, not a rope. We we we're not. We we're we're trying to broaden the demos. We're not trying to be narrow. We know you're a rope guy, but we've got to get you guys some hats. How you been? Things good. Excellent. Happy to be here with you talking Open Championship. We've had a heck of a few weeks in golf since the last major, and it's uh, it's going to be a great one there in Hoylake. Yeah, I, you know, you you both played in this. Uh, you played in the last Open Championship at Hoylake. When you played in, in 2012 and 2013, look, you go over there, you, you both, you don't love golf, uh, let's be honest, but, but you, you, you have an affinity for like looking at golf holes and getting like caught up in shit. Did you find yourself when you got to Lytham in 12, like looking around like, wow, man, this is really cool. I mean, being such a fan of <laughs> golf, yes. I, I Just seeing the grandstands, seeing the yellow leaderboards, yeah. it was uh it was a great week. I didn't play particularly well that week, but missed the cut, played St. Anne's Links, and then my dad, brother, and I went down to Hillside, which is right next to Burkdale, uh, that weekend before flying back. And then in, at Muirfield 13, I played great. Leading into that tournament, my brother and I went and played. We played Gullen, North Berwick, and Ooh, St. Andrews nice. right before the before the Open at Muirfield. So I, I can't get enough Lynx golf, personally. How about you? Did you, did you, did you kind of like it when you got over there? Honestly, I loved it. I really you did. did. Yes, I did. Um, you say I don't like golf. Just <laughs> because you say you don't well, like yeah, golf. Well, yeah, at one point I did. <laughs> um, no, I did. I, I, I took in all the nostalgia. I really did enjoy it. I missed the kind of win and toured Anfield, the soccer stadium, but I did. I, I really did enjoy it. And uh, as Johnson said, that, that big, iconic yellow leaderboard, that's pretty cool. It's, it is very cool. I remember... The first Open I went to was 2002 at Mirfield, where you played an Open. And I went with my dad, and you mentioned having your dad there. Uh, and that was the year that Tiger had won the Masters in the U.S. Open. And he's going there for three in a row. And he was in good shape going into the weekend. And he's paired with O'Meara. And I remember doing some radio interviews back to the States on Saturday in the morning. And it was a beautiful morning. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be a glorious day. Tigers out, ladies with Marco Mira. 
Uh, this is going to be a really special day. And as soon as I was done, it was almost like, here come the clouds, and it became biblical. I watched all 81 blows that he, that he shot that day. Is that when he lost his first tee shot? Uh, no, that was not. No, different year. Okay. Different year. That was, that was actually day one, first tee shot of the week. But he shot 81 that day. Uh, my dad, after now, was like, I'm, I'm done. I'm going in. I'm having a pint or 12. Uh, and I'm like, no, I, this is historic. I'm going to watch every shot. Now, he did come back and shoot 65 the next day. But all of it, look, you guys are playing. You're not paying attention to all the other things. The fans, the atmosphere, the grandstands, the yellow scoreboards. I was smitten from the moment I got to witness it. It's my favorite major, and I, I love them all. Um, and we go there, guys, with a lot of interesting things going on. I mean, I, I think that I think Player of the Year has not been determined. I think the Ryder Cup on both sides, there's a lot yet to be figured out. And we've got somebody in Ricky Fowler who's going back to a major that he has a good record in, and he finished second here the last time, and he just won a golf tournament. Are you feeling like he can take this mo and and maybe go places with this? I, his last ten weeks, he's only had one finish outside the top seventeen, and that was uh, the PGA where he missed the cut. So his form is as good as anybody's. I mean, arguably, like the only person I put even close would be Scotty Scheffler. Just the consistency that Ricky's had the last three months of the season. But you know, you look at Ricky coming down the stretch of tournaments, and I think he's an awesome dude, and I think he's a great golfer. But I don't think he has the killer instinct. I don't think he is willing to do whatever it takes to beat you. You know, I think he'd rather be liked and be a good person, which is perfectly cool. But watching him win the Rocket Mortgage, every interview he gave, pre-round, post-round, he's like, I'm just happy to be here uh, at LACC. Uh, I've dealt with failure before. I'm not afraid to deal with it. And I think to legitimately win major championships, you have to have a different sort of uh, mentality. And that is, I'm here to win. I'm here to, I don't care who you are. I'm here to beat you. And I don't, to me, that's the one thing missing from his game. You don't think that's one of those things, though, that different guys show it differently, right? Obviously, Ricky is as determined as anybody. Maybe he just, he doesn't have that outward fire, like a, like a John Rahm or a, uh, um, even a Sergio Garcia, even that outward, outward fire. Maybe he just shows it differently. Can you, can you describe to me someone who's won a major championship before that was, laissez-faire uh i've got great perspective on life that's won major championships can you give me a, a, a comparison um i mean i feel like nick price was that way to to an extent he was obviously one of the most popular players out there amongst his peers but yeah i know maybe me there was still there was still a, a harshness to nick <laughs> when, when when necessary so yeah I, actually you do you do make a good point there well you let me ask you somebody else you've been around when it comes to you know there's an affability to adam scott I don't think Adam Scott at times people look at him and go, he doesn't seem that predatorial. Now look, he he is a generational talent. I don't I don't personally think Ricky is a generational talent. He's he's a very talented player. Uh, he doesn't have a tremendous pop in the bat like some other guys do that that I think you know can cover up some of the other deficiencies that you may have in your game. I I, I get your point. I do about you know where's the edge? Where where's the edge uh, at times with him? I do think that his determination to pull up the bootstraps and do the work to get back to the winner's circle is reflective of something that maybe I didn't think maybe he possessed. 
which is a, a, a drive and determination. And I never, I'm not suggesting he was ever lazy. He, you couldn't become a top 10 player in the world without work. Uh, but the, to get back to winning, doesn't that reflect on something? It, it does, and the work he's done with Butch to rebuild his swing. Yeah. I was on Golf Central with Billy Kratzer last week, and Friday we did a swing breakdown yeah. from his last top 10 finish before the season was at the CJ Cup Fall of 21. And his club head was so laid off. It was like underneath his shoulder blade, how down and laid off it was. And then right now it is perfectly parallel. Club face is in a great position. And this is a major change that he's implemented in the last – 12 months and so the work he's put in to your point has been incredible and he's got all the skills like I, I think he's an incredible player he's a great putter chips it great he's got plenty of pop in the driver too he's still putting it out there a long way but when you think about coming down the stretch of a major I just that's the only thing that lacks in his game and even when he won rocket mortgage he made that putt in the playoff and he just kind of stood there like mm. with a relieved look like give me a fist pump give me some give me some fire right yeah, that 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 is a little bit different for sure. Like, and and maybe there there's he's he's very chill now. Like, even when he was doing what he did at the U.S. Open, I mean, like he's right in the throes of it from the beginning. And even when he shot sixty-two, not really animated at all. Yeah. I, I will say this: that that you know when it, the first time he was in a Ryder Cup, and he was four down at Warren Molinari in twenty ten, and he won the last four holes. Um, and I remember Jay Townsend in twenty eleven when he saw Ricky for the first time under brutal conditions at the Open Championship. And, and he looked like he was wearing, like, he, he looked, he had on like a white rain suit, which is not a is great Darren look. Darren Clark's uh, Yes, yeah. And he's like, you know what? I thought the kid was soft. No, not at all. Like he showed, and look, when he won at Wells in 2012, like he's going to that, he's going to that 18th tee with Rory McIlroy who was, was the it guy, and he stuffed it on 18. Like, maybe, maybe his comportment gets a little underrated, and he's, he's come up big in some big spots. And, of course, the players, come on, man. I mean, 3-3-2-3. Three, three, three. And, and, Bren, and Brendan's right. Brendan made the point. Like, I'm, I want fire out of yeah. guys because I play with emotion, and I just want – I just don't – I think you need it. But to Brendan's point, like, he – He's not a he, he's not shying away from who he is. He is he's a cool, calm, collected dude, and and maybe that you know if he showed fire, that would be a detriment to him. But I I still I do. Yeah, I, I think that's one of those things that can work both ways, right? It's I hate to keep bringing it up, but a John Rom, if you trying to make him quell that, like it's gonna it's gonna be to his detriment to make Ricky show that outward emotion. It might it might it might hurt him in the long run. I mean, you're a guy that fist pumps three footers in a five dollar Nassau, so I know I know why you want to see all those fire. But. All right, I'll take that. <laughs> not me, Drew Weaver state though. I'm not fist well, pumping. You are, not, <laughs> you are trending. You are trending. Oh, a Drew Weaver drop. <laughs> you are trending. The British amateur champion from the, High Point, North the Carolina. The amateur champion. The amateur champion. <laughs> Yes, I stand corrected. What, what did you think of Hoylake? You liked it, right? I did. I really did. And I remember... Nothing too funky or quirky about it? No, I, well, I think, you know, Lynx Golf is always going to be yeah, some, yeah. a little bit, little bit quirky here and there. Um, there were some blind shots. I do remember that. Some, a couple holes where you didn't see the landing area. The landing area, excuse me. Um, I remember going in with the absolute worst game plan. I had played a couple practice rounds with some guys, and they hit a ton of irons off tees, left it short of some bunkers and stuff. And I kind of thought that that was the way that, that the golf course needed to be played. 
And I was leaving myself so far back on some of those holes. And there's some difficult second shots into a few of those greens. Second round, obviously, I'd played really poorly the first round. Second round, I got a lot more aggressive, hit a lot more drivers off tees, pushed it up further into some areas that were a little bit more narrow. And that, that was definitely the way to play the golf course. The, um, the golf course itself, so some new bunkers, uh, some harsher runoff areas uh, around greens, um, some new tees naturally, uh, as we always have to do. If you go back anywhere now, nine, ten years later, uh, you need a little bit more elasticity, some more yardage. The back nine is going to play, can play up to 3,800 yards, uh, which is a ton for an open championship venue to think that if there was two of that, that's 7,600 yards. And then the new 17th hole, like this, the, the holes that they are, that are for the members are 14, 15, 16, are going to be 16, 17, and 18 uh, for the open championship. And the 17th hole is a new hole. They, they flip the hole 180 degrees. It's only going to play 135 yards. It's called, they named it Little Eye. It's a devilish little par three that's that you're playing toward the Irish Sea. So possibility, look, it's totally an exposed area. I love the idea between a, a meaty par four 16th and then a 600 plus yard par five 18th to have a little teeny little par three. I'm looking forward to it. Well, I think 15 at Oak Hill was such a great hole. And is yes. it Troon that's got the, the postage stamp? I, I think little par threes have a place in golf. And especially in 15 at LACC was not quite what Didn't everybody work wanted out. it to be. Yeah, I agreed. I think, I think golf courses need a little par three. Throw some variety in there. Yeah, I mean, honestly, name name a memorable 230-yard par three. It doesn't happen, right? All your, all your great little par threes are the, are the short ones. And I like what they've done there. You used to go off the 16th tee, you'd walk to the left and shoot back towards 18. Now, obviously, you're going back the other way towards the Irish Sea. And I think, I mean, I think you've obviously got some wonderful topography there. Use it. Yeah, I, I think the 16th at Cyprus would like a word with you. Well, not- <laughs> outside not, of 16 at Cyprus, perhaps. That's not a major perhaps. championship rota. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one though that's a good pull here no, you know well as far as the the last hole a par five closing hole we think of pebble and obviously the women just had it with with the u.s u.s women's open closing with a five do you guys like a closing five in a major championship well, i mean if it's reachable i think it, it adds an element of a bogey eagle sort of flip so a three-shot lead isn't necessarily safe um yeah i think par five finishing is great i mean pebble beach is Amazing. I'm trying to think of any other great majors that finish on a five. Like Shinnecock to me is Tory. Uh, Tory, but that that holds off. I couldn't agree more. And, and, I, and if you want to get into Tory, I think that place in general is terrible, other than its location. I, I think it's probably seen its last U.S. Open, considering that that we're going to Riviera. We know L.A. is back on the books. Like Southern California, I think is covered. So I think your 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 wish is being granted. There'll be no more Tory Pines majors. But uh, yeah, I. What do you think about a closing five? I like it. I do. I think it brings in so many more variables, as you say. That that eagle bogey, three shot swing. Um, I, I think it's a great way to finish. I would obviously prefer it being a risk reward par five. Now it's not really a risk reward outside once you get the tee shot away that out of bounds is pretty close for the tee shot yes um and you see those stakes very very clearly when you're standing on that tee um so i do i do and i guess to answer your question yes i do like that finish since 19 the open is now the last major of the year do you like that 
The Open can handle it. I think it's given the PGA a little bit more of a uh, level playing field. And I'm, yeah. I'm fine with the Open yeah. being the last major of the year. I'm sad that there aren't any more after Me it. Too. Just because I love major championships. But the Open, that's not Glory's last shot. That's never going to be anything that the Open's going to have to worry about. <laughs> they have their identity. It's the, it's the Open. And I do have to say... Of all the tournaments I've ever played, and we've played a ton of golf tournaments in our lives, the 13 Open Championship at Muirfield is my favorite golf tournament I've ever played in. Really? It was the town. I had my wife and my parents and my brother, and, and we had a chef come in a couple nights. We had this sweet house, and I just I, I loved everything about it. Scotland is incredible, and I, I, the Open Championship will always be. I, I can't say it's my favorite major, but that one event was by far my favorite tournament. Hundred percent. I couldn't agree more. Same thing. Go into the town. Um, you you're just right there. You talk to people. Everybody's very knowledgeable about the game. You don't have to hear all these stupid remarks. It's a. Uh, it's just different. It it's really is different. The the people over there. The way they embrace you. Yes. That you're playing in the tournament. You. They make you feel special. They really do. Yeah, particularly when you go to, and I don't think it's that much different in England, but in Scotland, look, golf is a big four sport. I mean, you you. You consider how big the event is, and I'm with you about Muirfield. I, I was not at, at the 13 Open, but there in 02, played the golf course two days later. First time I played it was in 1995. I think Muirfield is, if it's not one of the three best, it's absolutely one of the five best championship golf courses in the world, I think. Uh, I don't know what you guys would think would be number one in this country. I think on the in the Open Rota, that's the purest championship venue that they have yeah, and you look at a year like that 05 year when it was wet and there was rain and when i played in 13 it was brown it was like looking at hoy lake from 06 yes. to 14 and it looks like hoy lake's going to be trending more towards that brown uh brownish uh, dry open and i i just love the way the rna just kind of lets mother nature dictate the conditions of the venue right it's, yeah. it, you see you see saint andrews lush one year and then five years later it's baked out in brown and I, I i think they've they've got their setup down better than any of the well it's hard to put augusta in that category but they've got their setup over the U.S. Open, over the PGA Championship, they do it the right way. Do you think that because the weather is what it is, and you're also dealing with golf courses that, look, we have majors that have 100 years of, of but, but there's been, you know, tweaking that have been done to some of these golden age golf courses like a wing foot uh, in the United States. Do you think that players accept what you get at the Open partly because of the weather and partly because the golf courses have a natural quirkiness to them that you're just like, it, the designer wasn't doing this, thinking about the modern game. Do you guys accept things over there easier than you would a major in the States? Yeah, think? I, th I think the majority of guys do. I think you've still got your guys that go over there and bitch about it, but I think the majority Scott of Scott Hoke guys, is not in the field anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, there's always gonna be one. Sure. Um, but yeah, I think guys are more willing to accept the the as you say, kind of the intricacies or the quirkiness of the golf courses, because yes, it's understood. That's the way it's going to be. The, uh, so Rory was 17 under, uh, he shot 271 total in, in 2014. It was Ricky. Who we've talked about just a little bit already. It's interesting that Furyk and Adam Scott all finished in the top eight, the last two times that it's been at Hoylake. Uh, and those two, look, those two, look, they, they had great long careers, does that speak to anything to you that those two guys 
had good weeks both times. I mean, they're they're all legendary players, so I mean, you would expect them to have great results. And if they get to see a championship venue for a second time, you would think that's right. But I mean, to your point earlier, they're great ball strikers, yeah. and they were ball striking the ball well. I think that speaks more to the kind of player that you would look for at Hoylake given that you need to be able to control your ball not only off the tee but coming into those greens it's a real, and so you you translate that to who you're looking at now that's more current i mean scotty could certainly have a good week there but Furyk's not in the field i know that unless he no. won the senior open last year but yeah i mean look for those guys to continue their success but I, i'm now looking for okay since i got this information from gary who are the great ball strikers that are playing well right now yeah it and, and let me add rory who obviously won the event if, if you looked at the strokes gain total for 2014, one, four guys in the top five, with the exception of, of Ricky, who was still in the top 25 in the strokes gain total for that season, were top five. I mean, they, they, that was, those were thoroughbreds. Yeah. Um, and then you go back to 06, and obviously Tiger, that was a sublime performance. DeMarco was a bulldog who finished second, and then you had Furyk, and you had Adam Scott, and you had Sergio. Um, these are guys who were they, they were as complete as anybody at the time that they played those two yeah, opens. I think it speaks to the flatness of those greens. Mm. There, there really is not a lot of undulation in any of those greens. So once you get aboard, you know, all the putting's, putting's not difficult. Now, I, I, that's, that's a good also, point. That's coming from a I played it when the wind wasn't blowing really hard. We know how difficult putting in the wind can be. Um, but I think, I think that's the thing. Like those greens are really, really flat. The, um, if you look at who has won majors, um, look, guys who really, really can move the golf ball out there, Rom, Kepka, Wyndham Clark. Um, again, tacticians have had success at Hoylake in the last two. Again, nine years is a long time. Uh, do you feel like that trend's going to hold, that somebody who is considered among the bombers is going to complete the slam season? I, I don't think being a bomber is necessarily an advantage there. You've got okay. fairway bunkers. I mean, Tiger famously in 05 or 06, 06 sorry, yeah. was laying up back of every bunker. He wanted to take them all out of play, forcing him to hit long irons in. And and, and so I think on, a, on Lynx golf as a whole, other than maybe St. Andrews, bombing it isn't necessarily an advantage because it just brings more trouble into play the further down there you get with some nasty bunkers. So uh, I just think it's more form and, and who I think we're going to have a great champion. And I think it's going to be somebody that has played well all year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it certainly could be a bomber that wins, but he's not going to win it because he's a bomber. Right. That's well said. Yeah. All right. So l let me start with, with Wyndham Clark. What, what, you know, whatever happens at the open, look, he played in it last year. He made the cut. I think he finished tied for 76. It's a whole new world for him. He's broken through a vortex of not only winning for the first time in a designated event at Quail Hollow, and then he, and then he, he validates the skin by, by winning a U.S. Open and doing it in a way, Johnson, that was like people are going like, okay, I've never heard of this guy, and I'm not talking about people who follow golf closely. Like, like, who is this guy? Am I never going to hear from him again? The thing that struck me most about how he won like the guy handled like all of it exceptionally well. His short game was outstanding. I mean, he got up and down for bogey on eight on Sunday after being in the left Baranca. He gets it up and down out of nowhere on nine. Uh, 11 was one of the most ridiculous shots of the week. Stupid. And, and then 17, 
after he's kind of rattled off a couple bogeys on 15 and 16, he finds himself with a pretty easy pitch, got a good break on his lie. Yeah, he did. And he hits it to three inches and just made everything look really easy. He The lag putt on 18, like he showed a lot of composure. And I think John Ellis being on the bag for him, mm -hmm. he's a former player, won bunch on the Canadian Tour, I believe eight times if I'm, if I'm correct. That seems like a lot. But I think having a guy like that that's experienced and has been in the hunt, I think the, the, the ceiling is high for Wyndham. He drives it long and straight. His iron, player is, iron play is much improved. His short game's next level. Like It, it all, for me, is, is can he get hot with the putter? And according to Brendan, the greens are pretty easy to putt at Hoylake. So, I mean, why not keep it going? What, what are your expectations of him? I, I, I don't see him contending just purely because he hasn't played a lot of links yeah. golf. But um, I, I agree with what Johnson said. He made it look like he'd been there a thousand times. You know, the, the clarity of thought. You know, 16, he got in there and he... I mean, obviously, the options were kind of dictated by how close he was to the lip. But wedged it out to a perfect yardage for him for himself. Hit it in there close. Should have really made par. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, how easy he made that chip shot look on 17. Which, sure, it's not a difficult chip shot other than it's the <laughs> 71st hole of a U.S. Open. And then and he's gone bogey-bogey. And he's gone bogey-bogey, right. And then steps up there and hits just an unbelievable lag putt on 18. And he did. He just he made it look like he'd been there a thousand times. Yeah, that was the thing that, that impressed me the most. I'm with you guys. I, look, if he has a really good week, I'm not going to be shocked. If he doesn't, I'm not, I'm not going to yeah. be shocked. Do you think, you know, because he won the U.S. Open uh, and he's got that other huge win, he's in really good shape for the Ryder Cup. If for some strange reason he has like, like a really quiet July and through the playoffs, would he be in peril if he slipped out of the top six, or is he going to be on the Ryder Cup team? I mean, he's second right now. Uh, exactly. I, I, would, I would find it hard for him. If he didn't even play, I think he would probably still be in that top six with only one major left. But uh, certainly if he dropped to seven or eight with poor play, he's not a guy that's played on a team event. You wouldn't be clamoring, I'd rather pick a Ricky Fowler over sure. him if I had to make a pick on somebody. Okay, so even if he, look, if he falls, to Johnson's point, it's not going to be like he's going to be in a precarious 11th position. He's second, and, and it's one major, it's three playoff events. D do you think he's on the team? I, yeah, I do. I think you'd have to play really, really poorly between now and then. But I also think it depends who else is not on that team, like who's around there and who's on that team if you've got a bunch of rookies that are already on the team and you need a little bit of experience he might be a guy that could get looked looked over but he as you say second right now he'd have to play really poorly between now and the end of the season okay so we'll, we'll go in reverse order so the guy who won the major before him uh is brooks kepka and and because he doesn't play any other tour events he is in a more precarious position as far as slipping down but, but if he jumps up and he has another top five in a major look, I think he's on the team. Do you think he's on the team? I mean, I, I, I hate we, – can we not pull my comments from previous uh, preview shows? Because <laughs> I said there was no way he was going to be on the team. Uh, but, yeah, I don't, I don't see there's any way you keep him off of it. He's third in the standing. Lots changed, he's, by the way, since you made those comments. He's had a second at the Masters, won the PGA in incredible fashion. There's no way – he is not playing. And, and finished top 20 at the U.S. Open on a golf course that he said he didn't like. So, yes. Yeah, I mean, he's he, he's a lock. He, he is, is a lock. lock. Yeah, yes. I'm with you. I, I think he's a lock as well. How about how about at the Open? Um, if, if you look at the record there, you know, look, he was kind of in that 19 year when he was the guy and it seemed like he was going to win every major. Fleetwood was right there. 
and Brooks was right there. Uh, and it wound up being Shane Lowry, who was better than everybody. What do you think about Brooks at Hoylake? I mean, I think his game translates to anywhere. Uh, he has shown us that he's ready to perform in majors this year. I, I'm not going to – I don't think he's going to win, but I think he'll be there come the end. So you, you would put him among the favorites, oh, so still absolutely. 100%. Even though he said he doesn't like blind he, shots at L.A. Yeah. He's going to see a few. Well, he played well at uh, Valderrama last week. I, I know. Live. I mean, I, I just think he's getting ready. That's all he cares about are majors. Yeah. Yeah. Four, four top tens at the. At You're the not going to pick him again, are you? I'm not going to pick him this time. No, I'm not going to pick him, but he is definitely goes in one of the favorites. All right. Let's go back to Rom. Last week, you guys had Adam Hayes uh, in here to talk about all things Adam Hayes' life, his, his journey with, with John, plus everybody else. It was a great show. Uh, and you talked about the Open. You talked about, and you asked about John's record relative to these other majors being modest. And Adam did bring up a good point. Look, you know, a lot of us don't remember bad size of the draw when somebody's outside the top 10 um, or has a chance to win. He had the one good year at an Open Championship. What about Rom? Uh, I think he's a threat wherever he plays. Uh, he's not going to play the Scottish Open, which is a little bit questionable. But Adam told us that he's taken three weeks off. They're tired at the end of the year. The designated event model has worn these guys down, and I think it's a good thing for him. He's going to come in fresh. I'm sure he's going to be at home practicing. It's just three weeks is a long time off going into a major championship, so hopefully he gets over there and plays some links golf before. He was the one guy, when you were telling us everyone's results, he was the one guy that surprised me. I really thought he had a better record in the majors, just that one top ten. I think he mm -hmm. finished third in 2021 maybe. Right. That that really did surprise me. You know, we talked about it. He's won a couple Irish Opens and destroyed a couple fields in the Irish Open. So definitely likes the Lynx golf. Um, yeah, I agree with Johnson. I think he's always a threat. Does he come in as one of the favorites? Yeah, he has to. I wouldn't say he's the favorite, but definitely comes in as one of. The, um, you know, the Irish Open wins, those were run-ups to the Open. And now the Irish Open is in a different spot, so he doesn't have that. Now, look, it's not like you go, well... He played in that, and he had a, has a great record in the Open. He doesn't. He only has the, the one top five, so maybe it will be a good thing. And I, I think of the players who have, you know, put the foot on the gas the whole year, considering he won the first major and what he did in getting there and winning the four times and being in contention. The only other guy, and he's only won twice, and I say only, is Scheffler. And, and Scotty, it's, it's absurd. Like, come on, man. Like, isn't there going to be a week where you're going to look fatigued and just go, you know what, I can't win. I'm going to check out. I'm going to finish 19th. No, I'm not. I'm going to finish 6th. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And to the point of ball striking being important at Hoylake, can you, I mean, can you look at anybody that's, that, that, that's he's, better? He's, and he's been struggling with his putting, which I, I think is, is rounding a corner into success. But, I mean, you look at a guy like Scheffler, I, I, he will be in the top five of that major. He's going to be, isn't he? You're, no. No. I don't think this so. This is where the streak ends? I do. I the think The last so. major. Again, Scotty's not a guy that's played a lot of Lynx golf. No. Um, yeah, I, I think this is where the streak ends. I think it has to come to an end at some point. Well, you're right. Now. It has to. Here's the thing, though, about his year. Like, he's having a historically great ball-striking year. And winning a major is very elusive. 
But if he doesn't get a major out of this year and he has all these top fives and top sevens and he's right on the doorstep and I know he's going to rue that Saturday at Oak Hill where he went flat and then he came back and he had shot 65 on Sunday. If he doesn't get a major this year, like these windows of this historic flow state that he's in, I think he needs to pick this one off, man. Like next April's a long way off. You don't know. I'm not saying he's going to fall off the earth, but but this is extraordinary what he's done this year. And I when I say only, when you've been as good as he's been, like he should have five wins. I, I mean, he did win the the Players Championship. Yes, and I, huge. I, I, I am of the belief that it is as it's not as good as winning a major. It is the fifth major, but like it's still going to be a successful year, whether or not he wins it or not. He's still young. The window is is wide open for Scotty. The the runtime he's got coming up is years, if not a decade, of major championship. You, you don't think that he'll look back at the end of this year and think to himself, "My God, I've yes. hit the ball so good." The answer is yes. I have hit the ball so good for so long, and I haven't picked off one of these four coveted events. He's, there's going to be a I, don't know, I, I, I just look you're probably right but but this idea of windows staying open forever the speeth window looked like it was the greatest you know view of the world that there was and then it closed and and you know after after 17 it, it's still open <laughs> by the way yeah, it but is it, it's not open. as open as it was Fair, but it's still open. It might be cracked. <laughs> oh, little, come on. Tiny little crack that he's can definitely out. win this open No, I, I, he can. He can. But look, and I, I liked his chances a ton at the U.S. Open. He didn't make the cut. Um, you worried at all about, about him going into this open championship. He won it in 17. He's got as much intuition. Look, give him a shot he's got to create. I'll take him over most everybody. What do you think about Spieth? Yeah, I think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh God! <laughs> he's he's not my pick to win. Uh, I can't wait to tell you who is. We need but, to shut this uh, show down. <laughs> but but Jordan, I mean, I, I'm I'm fine with him. Jordan works so hard. He's such a competitor. He's always got that fire in him, and I I don't think he's going to win. But I think he'll put on a good show this year, and I do believe he will win. Ma more majors he's not going to win just one more he's going to win at least two more in his career because, i'm that bullish on him. yeah you know look he's he's going to turn he's turning 29 here i think he actually just turned 29 or turned 30 uh so he joins jt who's 30 just a quick thought on jt is this the kind of kind of quote lost season that is going to cost him a Ryder cup spot i don't I don't think it's going to cost him a Ryder Cup spot, and I think it's time to make a change in JT's camp. I, I, you, if you look at the history of him and Bones, they've won one time together. And yeah. granted, that was the PGA Championship. Yeah. But I, I think Jimmy Johnson was a great caddy, had the right sort of temperament for JT. And I'm not saying Bones isn't a great caddy. I just think that relationship has run its course. It's not working, clearly. And you, when you look at a player that's struggling, you would fire your coach first. Well, that's his dad. Right. He's not going to fire his dad. And then you look to the caddy. And I think he needs to make a change and start over. Interesting. I, I thought he had turned a little corner there at, uh, at Travelers. Travelers. Sure, I thought he had turned a corner. I, I was very surprised to see him struggle last week at uh, at Rocket Mortgage. There, I thought you know a golf course where guys have to make a ton of birdies. I thought he was going to come out after making a ton of birdies at Travelers and do do the same. I I don't know if he's to the point yet of needing to make a change, but I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if it's kind of in the back of his mind somewhere. Wow, the um, the Ryder Cup thing. 
you just kind of you went by it like yeah he's going to be fine and i'm not saying i disagree because i don't um why is he so secure more secure than anybody else is who is having as flat a season as he is having for his persona his reputation well i believe he and jordan both sit on that Ryder cup whatever command center they call it i don't know what it's called but <laughs> I, I like I, that I, name I, yeah the Ryder Let's cup command the center. <laughs> but he's just he's he's a part of the fabric of the future of that team yeah. and whether it's a bad year or not that's why they have those six picks it's not like they have four picks or two picks like they used to and it would look awkward picking a guy like that but i mean he's up there high enough in the standings jt He's going to be on that team when he comes to Ryder Cup, President's Cup. It doesn't matter so much about form; it matters. Where, I mean, for a guy like that, like it's going to get him going. He's a good teammate, and, and there's just there's no way he's not on that team. Yeah, I, I think he's kind of taken over that mantra of uh, Johnson's buddy Patrick Reed there of getting everybody really, really fired up. Um, he we saw it there at Quail at the President's Cup. He was the the vocal leader. Sent him same out, sent him out first Straits. in the single. Same thing at Whistling Straits. And I think he's he's kind of taken that upon himself to be the 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 irritant of the uh, the opposing team. Yeah, I'm with you guys. That I I think he's I think he's a made guy in this respect. That first of all, him and Spieth are tethered together. Uh, they were they were unbeatable at Quail Hollow. They obviously had a good run at Whistling Straits. He's an irritant. The United States, I, I think, has been in need of like a like a kind of a touchstone irritant. Um, and especially the on the road. Especially on the road. Yeah. Um, and he's unafraid. It was actually Tron Carter. I give him credit for this because he's the one who said, when did Justin Thomas play point guard at Duke? That is the perfect way to describe like, the way that he is. Like the kind of guy that you want to drag out into the parking Billy lot. Billy Hurley. It, it, uh, you can, not Billy, Bobby Hurley. Bobby not, Hurley. Not the golfer from Billy the, Hurley's from a Naval nice Academy. Yeah, yeah, I can go through every Duke point guard for the last 30 years. Was I hated them all. Grayson, uh, Grayson uh, Allen. He, he wasn't a point guard, yeah, but yeah, but very he, hateable. Yeah, very, very hateable. hateable. Steve Wojciechowski. I can go on and on. But anyway, I, I think he's on the team. That gets me to a few other guys, and let's start with their chances here. Morikawa. Um, you know, look, the guy hadn't won in a while, which is which is the last time he won was the open championship. We're we're moving on two years. It goes quick. He is my pick to win the open this year. Okay. And I watched every single shot he hit at Detroit in the Rocket Mortgage yep. last week. He made one bogey for the week. He led the field in scrambling. His short game was ridiculous. I actually did a nice breakdown on it. And saw uh, it. I just I was blown away by the touch he had from buried lies in the rough to bunker shots to the fairway. He was putting speed on it at the right time. I think him having a short game allows his putter to become a little more confident. And he started fading the ball again. He's not worried about it going left. He looked like a man on a mission. And when I speak of people that have that instinct and that look in their eye, like a Rom or a Spieth when they get in the hunt, Colin Morikawa last at the Rocket Mortgage on Wednesday with Steve Burkowski, I'm here to win. Every single press conference he gave, mm -hmm. he didn't make any quant. I'm here to do one thing and one thing only. I'm here to win. And I love that about him. He is 100% going to be on that Ryder Cup team. Okay. So, look, if he wins, it's a, it's a non-starter is a question. What do you think of Morikawa this week at the Open? Um, I think he'll do well. Obviously, he's already got past success there. Yep. Um, but I still think he needs to play well from here going on to make that Ryder Cup team. I, I don't think he's an absolute lock. 
Um, I think he needs a couple more really good results moving forward these next six, eight weeks okay. to be on that team. I think showing, look, showing what he did there, and I don't take for granted two things. One, he missed that ball being three feet by a yard on the playoff in hole? the playoff yeah. hole, a yard. And then secondly, guy was hanging around the hunt at the memorial and had to flake out because of back spasms who knows what the result would have been if he didn't have to withdraw from that event that is a uh, i think he's absolutely that's another top 10 maybe it was a top five so he would have had that kind of momentum going into an event where he, he obviously almost won at rocket mortgage i think he's on the team i think he's another one of those guys like look I want I want grown-ups. I want guys who have been baptized to some degree, and and I want somebody who is hitting it out of the middle of the face uh, under the heat that comes from the first tee. I think he's going to be on the team. Yeah, he's ninth in the standings right now. Yeah, exactly. when you, you right. look at what he does on the golf course. I, I would love to play alternate shot with Colin oh. because every time he touches a driver, you know it's going to be in the center of the fairway. And every time he hits a shot, in the, I'd love to putt for the guy, right? I think we'd be a great team. Maybe I can call Zach and, and be like, hey, I'm, I'm a tagged. I'm like JT and Spieth. It's me and Colin. We'll be a, actually, I'm going to guess probably not. I'd be a terrible alternate shot partner because I couldn't find a fairway to save my life. But Colin, I think, is the best alternate shot player on that Ryder Cup team, bar none. Uh, with the exception, would you still put him over Scheffler? Well, <laughs> let's just make him one well, A. Well, well, they'd be a hell of a team. Now that's the team: Scheffler, Colin, Altshaw. Well, now, it, it, here we get to, and again, I'm not trying to make this a Ryder Cup preview, but um, like Sam Burns, I th he is very much in a precarious place. He was Scheffler's guy. I think Scotty might be looking for a new guy, another guy who's going to be on the team because he's so productive. Patrick Cantley needs a week at a, at a major. I mean, if it, look, I understand that he got a top 10 this year in a major championship. He's got four in his career. That is a very paltry total for a guy who's as good as he is, Johnson. He's got to have a week, doesn't he? Yeah, top 10 player in the world. And, and it seems like all those top 10s, he backdoors his way into them at majors as well. He's never really been a part of a story in a major championship. Maybe once at the Masters he was on the weekend. In 19. But, but, but he's just not a part of the story going in. And next thing you know, you're like, oh, he finished T9. Uh with a 65 on Sunday. Like he needs to put himself in position on the weekend and feel what it feels like in that in that scenario. What do you think about Cantley at the open? Um I think he'll do okay. I, I don't look for him to contend. Okay. I agree with Johnson. You've got these four top tens. They have. They've all been back doors, again, outside of the, the Masters in 19. Um, I think he'll be on that Ryder Cup team, though. I, I think, again, he'd be a wonderful alternate shot player, alternate shot partner, doesn't miss a lot of fairways. Doesn't uh, he's make, on the he's team solid. with Shopley. They're yeah. tethered together. Yeah. Um, um, I'm with you, though. Like, it's... Like, he finished third at the PGA in 19. He was never going to win the golf yep. tournament. He was a million shots back of, of Brooks. It's a great week. It's a, it's a great week. There was a stat that Justin Ray, among the many amazing, countless stats that he comes up with, he has never started a final round of a major within five shots of the lead. Really? That's shocking. That is shocking. One thing about him, too, at, at, at uh, the Open Championship, I think he hits the ball too high. I don't think he's uh, varied enough in his in his iron play, especially to be able to play in high winds like you would expect over there. Okay, uh, how about Max Homa at the Open? Again, guy needs a week, man. He needs a week for like his major championship season. At some point, 
now with six wins, he's won a couple times this year. Got to break through. You got to get a top ago. ten. It's yeah, been a long time. What long time since? I mean, he played. He was, he was there at Bay Hill for a little bit, but since then he's hasn't been a story all season. He did have a hole in one on Sunday last week or at the Rocket Mortgage, but like it's been crickets from him since basically the Players Championship on. Yeah, I don't. I don't look for Max Homer to do you anything. Don't. No, I think of the four majors, this would probably be the his, the least uh, least one that would fit his game. And I've been watching a lot of him lately on. PGA Tour Live and stuff, and, and he seems to be missing that driver left a lot. And when you think about Colin Morikawa, he finally got away from hitting those, uh, you know, occasional pulls with that driver. And Brendan, you can probably speak to this, but as a as a fader of the golf ball, when you start missing that driver left, it's gotta it's gotta do crazy things to your head. It's scary. It really is. When you start aiming down the left side and you see that ball going left, and unfortunately there, you see it going left and it's in that heather, you might or might not find it. So, yeah, he, he needs to figure that driver out if he's going to be any kind of contention. All right, let's get to the Rory question. Um, it's, been a, it's been a very productive major championship season, but this is agonizing. It's got to be agonizing for him to some degree. Um, it's it's an amazing thing to to really put yourself in the heat of it most times yes there have been some times that that it was you know you can say backdoor this and that but but if you look at that u.s open i mean he's he's right there and the, the pga championship uh, you know was he right there not necessarily but if you look at seven of the last nine major championships he's in the top 10 really been in the heat of it obviously the open last year i think i think that's the most gutting thing that he's experienced yet in his career he shot 70 in the final round he won here the last time what do you think of rory i, I think his problem this year is that he's been making too many bogeys and and the one i mean a lot of positives to take away from the u.s open for him but he was able to keep bogeys off the card you know sunday yes he had birdied the first and didn't make another birdie all day but he only made one bogey on a sunday of a major i just think it was he, a killer bogey it, it, it was with a wedge in his hand on a par five and I, I i feel like he needs to find a balance between being too aggressive like he was at pga maybe on the weekend mm. feeling like he had to uh, gain ground and too conservative like i think he was at the u.s open i think he has to play aggressively but 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 smartly like and and controlling your golf ball, being able to miss it on the right sides, knowing when you have an opportunity to take advantage of something, knowing when to be aggressive, knowing when to lay up. I just I feel like, and we've talked about it at length. Like his caddy is an issue, and I do not think that he is a real uh, asset to his team. And 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 if if like you talked about it on fourteen, like yeah. Uh, at the U.S. Open on Sunday, ship it all the way up by the green, figure out a way to get a look at birdie and make a par. But he lays it up, he buries it in that face of that bunker, and it, it, it was basically over. Had Wyndham Clark not bogeyed 15 and 16, it wouldn't have even been so close. So I just think he just, what makes him great is his aggress aggressiveness, but he, he also needs to balance it. Yeah, the, the, the 14th hole, Brendan, to me was, like when I look back on that Sunday, other than that moment, I don't, yes, you're going to deliberate between one thing, or, but this was like a critical decision. And, and I felt like in the conversation that we was having, like he was, he was appealing to him to whatever degree he might appeal to Harry Diamond. And, and like that was Harry's moment to say, hey, chase something up there as close to the green as you can. You know, we got a better chance of making four. For, for, you're not even thinking about five. Better chance of making four from anywhere around that green. Hit it in that front bunker. Hit it left. Well, you know, and and instead, he lays up, and obviously hit that. He had a poor third, got a hell of a, 
hell of a break on a decision that the USGA has come out since and said was the wrong decision. Um, we can talk about that stuff all day long. Do you think he has a chance again to go back there and win? Oh, very much so, yes. You but put him absolutely among your top three favorites? Oh, 100%. Okay. Yes, 100%. Um, yeah, getting back to that, you know, I, Rory showed me a lot in that final round of the U.S. Open, a lot. I, th I thought he was, I wouldn't say overly cautious. I thought he was very, very patient. And to, to your point, I think the only error that he made was a tactical error on 14. He got very, very lucky with the lie that he drew in the left rough of the tee there. He could have put any club he wanted on that ball, chase it up into that front bunker, chase it down that left side. I mean, maybe he could have got a little bit fortunate, hit the shot that Wyndham did in that small gap, chase it up there. Um, all the bogeys had been made from guys that were laying it up. It was such a difficult wedge shot. I think that, that to me, was the only error that he made on... Um, on that uh, championship Sunday. Yeah, I, you know, when I think about decision-making, look, th this is splitting hairs. I'm sitting here saying, you gotta hit it closer on 18. That's not a, a decision-making error. That was an execution error. And then you, you gotta make four on eight. I mean, it's like that yeah. with that, you, you, can't, you can't not touch the hole yeah. from four feet at bare minimum. You, that ball's gotta go by the hole and you gotta have three and a half feet coming kind of slightly back up the hill. Do you like his chances, though, at Hoylake to win again? Absolutely. I mean, he's where, among your top where, three. 100%. Yeah. Wherever he tees it up, he's going to be. It doesn't matter what form he's Is been in. Is it getting harder, though? Because of all, does all this make it harder? No, I, I think I think he would say no. I, I he keeps doing the it's right. It's not thing. what he, he would say. You know what he and Bob Rattel are going to tell yeah, you. Yeah, I know, but he 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 keeps putting himself in that position, and I. I Yes, maybe to an extent, the, the more, the longer the time goes between his last major, yes, of course, it's going to be more and more pressure that builds every year. But I think this is a good one. At the end of the year, yeah. doesn't have the stress of the Masters, which you've alluded to many times, how hard that's going to continue to be for him. I think he's had disappointments at the PGA and the U.S. Open. And I think this one, he's like, you know what, I won here before. It's going to be a... Whatever. Right? Yeah, it, it might be a matter of time till someone hands McElroy one. He, needs he may one need handed, that. Right? He may yeah. need it that way. Yeah, I, and and I, plenty of guys have gotten him that way. Yeah, you keep putting yourself Sir Nick there. Sir yep. love you, but I mean. It doesn't happen so much anymore. I guess JT maybe last year got one handed to him. At least the opportunity in a playoff sure. got handed to him. Yeah, yeah I mean, I mean, he wouldn't you, have seen that playoff. Right, you keep putting yourself there. You never know. It might happen. Someone might hand him one. Yeah, I, um, I'm with you that, that you can say, well, this is the last one. The other part, and again, I'm not, I'm not trying to psychoanalyze him, you know, from a dime store level, but it's also like, if I don't get this one, here's what I know is going to happen. Then we're going to be talking about this is now 10 years because it was 2014. Look, I, I think it's, I, it's admirable that he keeps putting himself there. I just got to believe, though, that this vortex that he's trying to break through is only getting thicker. And, and if somebody gifts him one and kicks him one, or if he blitzes the field and he wins one, I think it could be an off to the races kind of back end of his prime that could he could go from four to eight in a blink. You guys share that thought? I'm with you completely. And it's that, that first one. It's almost like he's – I'm not going to use the analogy I just had in my head. but uh, <laughs> Do it! <laughs> it's almost like he's like a virgin again, right? And he's got to get through it. Once again, anyway, I don't know where I'm going with that one, but McLovin loved that analogy. <laughs> he's got a second virginity here, and he's got a he's got a he's got a pop it. I, I will say this: that Rory's next major will not be Augusta. 
he is going to have to I, win. With you. He's going to have to win In one before In order to win the Masters, I think he's got. It's like it's a that's enough. Now you add the fact that it's it's. Hey, look, man, I won a major two two events ago or whatever it was. Um, I, I still believe he's going to win the Masters. I think it's going to require, and again, I'm not going to go to all the historical stuff of the guys who won the career Grand Slam. Like the longest it took anybody was three years. Three years. He's, you know, he's looking at, I mean, this is going to be year number 10 for him. Quick thought on a couple other guys. Hovland. Hovland is showing that he can swim in the deep end of the pool. And he's the work he's put in on the short game has shown up. And his win at Muirfield was incredible. Muirfield Village, excuse me, on an open championship show. Uh, yeah, Hovland's there. He, he's got he's got all the tools. Hits it like, you know, you think of Scheffler, Morikawa, Hovland are my top three ball strikers on the PGA Tour right now. Rory's probably in there as well. But Hovland's a, a threat anywhere, especially if he can have a consistent short game play. Yeah, I agree. I think Victor Hovland will be a he'll be a story at the end of this week. Um, you've seen him put himself in contention here. Impressive, recently very very impressive. You know, outside of maybe catching that bunker shot a little bit thin at the PGA, who knows? You know, he could have been could have been in a playoff that week. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's. There's no doubt he's in a different place, and it's it's cool to see. And let me tell you, you know that that European team, that European Ryder Cup team, maybe light on experience on the back end. They got some horses on the front end that they can they can ride all five sessions. Hovland, Rom, Rory. I mean, I mean, look, Fleetwood is showing really good form. Uh, how about Finau? Tony's had a very disappointing major championship season. Yeah, come on, man. It's weird. He's won he's won now twice this season. Yes. And he is sitting at like 18th on the Ryder Cup standings, which is shocking to me. We almost left him off of our preview show. I actually we did. did leave Hovland off. We did leave Hovland off too, but <laughs> but uh, it, it, it's weird. And he he doesn't win big events, and he doesn't really show up in big events that often. Mm -hmm. He wins Mexico. He won Houston. Right. The 3M, Detroit. Like he he's he's. No, that's what you um, look. I would rather don't, have. Don't a get angry. It's what we do. I mean, you you. He's an elite player for sure he's going to be on another Ryder cup team and you start to go well you, you you distinguish between who you beat where you won and all that stuff and he's in that he's in that category that that's what you do you just don't say he's got six wins you start looking at where he won and the fact is the guy's got one top 25 in a major in his last nine major championship starts he's better than that isn't he he Much is, better. but he's just not. He he has not shown consistency in his ball striking and his putting, and and I, I just I think until he can be more consistent with it, like I'm I, I would rather have Ricky Fowler on that Ryder Cup team right now than Tony Finau. Really, a hundred percent. Wow, God, he's played he played well at Whistling Straits. He actually played well in Paris, and he played well at Quail Hollow. Like the one thing I'll say about Tony, and look, this is not bagging on him. Like he, everybody loves Tony. The one thing I have been impressed with him, in that environment, he's responded very, very well in the team environment. He's played very well on the, in the, on the teams he's been on, including when he went to Paris and everybody else got bludgeoned. He stood up pretty tall. You would take, you would take Fowler over Finau right now. If, if I had okay? to pick the team today, I would. Gotcha. All right, two, two other quickies. Uh, Tyrrell Hatton, I think, is sneaky. He's a sneaky good pick for, for this place. You, you go back to the stats we talked about at the beginning, strokes gained total. Guy shows up in every category. He's top 10 through the bag. You know, Fowler was the last Englishman to win a, an Open Championship. It was 92. 
Hatton, would he be like second level of guys, third level for you guys? Yeah, I don't think you can go as far as to say he'd be a dark horse. No. He's, he's too high in the world I rankings. I think he's too high for dark horse. But yeah, I, I would say he's Even though you're trying to sneak him in? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. He's certainly I don't know, a lower. Do you lower. think he's a dark horse? <laughs> <laughs> he's certainly in a lower level of the favorites, yeah. But I don't count him out. Okay. Yeah, that ball striking travels wherever he goes. I mean, you look at the places he's played well, like a Bay Hill where he won his one event on the PGA Tour. One of the hardest weeks of the year. They firm that place up. The greens get like concrete on the weekend. So I think he can play in any kind of condition. And is, is, is do you think there's a lot of pressure on Englishmen in the Open Championship? Do you think they feel it more so than an American does in the U.S. Open, like that kind of pressure? Yeah, I think so. Because I, as I Gary do. said, it hasn't been since Faldo won. That, that's a long time. Yeah, I, I remember, you know, Tommy was close in 19. Um, and, of course, that's that's really home for him, that immediate area. And, and I think the work that he's done with Butch, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Fleetwood was hanging around. Uh, he's had a very good season. Um, before we, I mean, we're going to hold on to these four days. I mean, these are precious days that we love them. Um, will you be up at 3 o'clock in the morning? Or actually, it's 1.30 or 1.40 for first ball in the air. 6.40 local time. I will actually be overseas at the time, so I'll be able to watch it at the right time but, but yeah will i would you be watching cricket i'll be watching a bit of cricket i'll be watching a bit of golf a little bit of soccer no it, it where is, are you gonna be i'll be in sweden at the time oh nice but this is actually the one tournament where i did i would wake up at three in the morning and i would sit there all day and watch it it, it just it was a, a tournament that that captured me for sure very good you are work aren't you were are you working that week i am i'm working the barracuda nice. championship out in tahoe so it's going to be even earlier <laughs> for me out there but i'll, I'll be watch. having a cold guy at 10 o'clock at night watching first tee shots <laughs> that's not a bad idea <laughs> sounds very tempting yeah, that sounds all right great. so to repeat ourselves uh your pick to win is rory oh he's playing the rory card yep wow very very good open record yes very outstanding. good open record and one last time we were at Liverpool at, yep. at Hoylake. Rory, for sure. Okay. Colin Morikawa. Say it again. Colin Morikawa. He's, he's, uh, he showed me a lot in Detroit. And uh, I love his fight and his determination. And he's, he's, he's hungry to win, man. Okay. You guys, you guys scoffed at my Cam Smith pick at the U.S. Open. He top-fived it. Didn't get a W. I'm playing the Rory card myself. Oh. I, think he's, I, I think that... And again, I, I, I don't know how it's going to happen. Who knows? Maybe need somebody to bark on the last hole. Uh, or maybe not. I don't know. I just think that I think he's going to end this anguish for not only himself, but a ton of people who root like hell for him. And it'd be a hell of a way to pull the curtain on the major championship season in a 12 months that have been as tumultuous for him, I'm sure, emotionally as any that he's had in his professional life, considering all the live stuff being the spokesperson and and you know I, I just i'm gonna play the rory card and and feel pretty good about it and like you said his his open championship record uh is great uh guys as always love chopping it up talking major championship golf with you guys uh enjoy the barracuda have a nice tall one for the first tee shots and it, it's 10 40 local time uh, out there in reno uh, i can't wait <laughs> Enjoy Sweden, my friend. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you, guys. Most importantly, thank everybody out there for watching our Open Championship preview here on Five Clubs.